Welcome to Too Much Not Enough, a podcast about the obsessions of two very intense people. I'm Darius Kazemi. And I'm Emma Winston. And today we're going to talk to you about RimWorld. 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 This is a... <laughs> it's, RimWorld. It's a really... <laughs> Why is a, it called un- that? <laughs> it's an unfortunate name. It really it's is. because it takes place in a science fiction setting on a world on the like outer rims of the galaxy. <sighs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's... Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, there still wouldn't have been a compelling enough reason for me to have called it RimWorld, were it mine. No. I don't know. When you're trying to like name a product or something, <laughs> you come up with like 100 names and 99 of them are already something else. Mm-hmm. So in order to make it so that when people Google for your thing, they can mm-hmm. find it, you have to pick something original. Shockingly, RimWorld was not taken. Amazingly enough. Or maybe it was like... When we were trying to name this podcast and all of my suggestions were obscene. Nature's anus. Nature's anus. Except the difference was that you vetoed them. I mean, I guess rimming and rims (laughs) are one of those things that are like, you have plausible deniability, like that it's not. Yeah, I didn't even know what it meant. (laughs) Anyway... RimWorld is a video game. The reason that we're doing an episode on it is because Emma and I have started playing it together. It's not a multiplayer game, but Emma video conferences in while I play. And makes unhelpful suggestions. Like, go uncover the ancient evil, even though we just landed on the planet. I always want to uncover the ancient evil. Yeah, And I I feel like if you're going to uncover the ancient evil, you might as well do it at the very start of the game. So, to describe... What the game is like. So it's a simulator. You play a bunch of colonists who have crash landed on, I don't know, you, you like land on like a planet that's on the outskirts of civilization. So there are people there, but they've all kind of organized into tribes. And it's meant to be like the year 3000 and something, isn't it? Is that right? Something. Oh, oh I don't know. There's a whole like lore, like there's like, there's like novels worth of lore for oh, wow. RimWorld that... I have not yet read, mostly because I prefer to sort of intuit and kind of fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. myself based on the little bits that they do put in the game. And I say they, this game is made by essentially one person, Tynan Sylvester. Ty is someone who I did know once upon a time, don't know super well anymore, but um, I do recall when this game was essentially just a bunch of rectangles on a screen and like numbers being displayed. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But to describe the game a little bit better for our listeners, um, imagine a kind of... It's kind of like SimCity or Civilization or... Yeah, or The Sims or something. Yeah, except Uh, that everything is horrifying. Yeah, so because it's like, it's a survival game, so you are trying to survive on this hostile planet... And there are multiple scenarios that you can start as. The sort of classic scenario that the game was balanced around is three colonists. You're in like your cryo sleep pods and suddenly there's an accident on the ship you're on and and you all crash land on this planet and have to survive. And so you land and it's kind of like Earth, but also kind of not like Earth. Earth 2. Yeah, there are animals that you recognize in the environment, like elephants and rabbits. So the flora and fauna are somewhat overlapping with Earth's, but there are also science fiction animals as well, genetically engineered animals and that sort of thing. There's some really good ones. My favorite is the the boomalope. That's my favorite too. 
Yeah, the boomalope is the best. In the info screen for the boomalope, if you look at the background info, boomalopes were, I believe, antelopes who were genetically modified to grow fuel. And so they have fuel sacks on their oh, backs. Oh, that's what those which things is, are. Yeah, which is why they explode when you kill them. <laughs> but they're so cute when they're like just yeah, milling they're, they're, around the map. They've just got yeah, these really benign little faces. Yeah, nature's cows. Nature's cows. They kind of look yeah. like Lapras from Pokemon, but with a oh yeah, they do with a skin condition, which it turns out <laughs> is fuel sacks. Is fuel cells? Yeah. Interesting. Nature's petrol. Nature's battery. So you crash land. It's like three people. You kind of roll a bunch of random characters at the beginning and then pick the ones that you think might be most suited to the kind of game you want to be playing because you have your characters have different skills so they can be good at mining or hunting or building stuff or, uh, or cooking, that sort of thing. I would be remiss not to mention that there are like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mods made by players for this game and I usually play with at least a handful. I no longer and, know what's a mod and what isn't a mod. Right, exactly. So I'll have to sort of tease that out. I remember mm -hmm. mostly what the base game is because I played enough of it. But uh, so I often have mods installed that let me like uh, cu completely customize my characters. Which is what we did when we, we did the session for this podcast. Yeah. This podcast is also going to have a slightly different rhythm to it than our usual one because we recorded a session of Emma and I playing RimWorld and I'm going to be cutting in highlights as we talk about this from that session. So you'll hear like sort of different audio quality and that kind of thing from time to time and that is us playing RimWorld. Was the one that we did together where we made you and me? Yes. And poop? And poop. We had three people, <laughs> so of course it had to be Emma, Darius, and... Poop. poop who was in charge of doing all the skills that we were incapable of because we'd be incapable of them in real life yeah basically emma and i were both really good at like research <laughs> somewhat useful in RimWorld. yeah i have cooking skills which are very useful in RimWorld, and emma has some crafting skills which is useful but i didn't well. end up using them in no not that not that much but you did kill a giant killer robot oh yeah i killed your, the killer robot right at the with end a, with a knife with a yeah knife. it was like a really slow game because we were playing it sensibly and then at the very end i was like what if we just opened up this cave and you the, were the like ancient evils that you Emma were like well to... there's definitely going to be ancient evil in there because they're like these little sarcophagi things which the one time we've tried to open those in room world they had like giant killer spiders in but i wanted to see what was in them and there was like one killer robot that was guarding them and we tried to kill the killer robot but Okay. Deconstruct the ancient danger. I feel like this is one of the least dramatic games of RimWorld I've ever played. And Okay, Darius is going to go... Oh, Darius, you can't fight. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Okay. There is a human-sized combat mechanoid with huge optical sensors on its face for aiming weapons at long range. Wow. Uh, it is effective at a distance, weaker in melee combat. Ooh. Darius is going to run away. I'm going to have... Poopus. Oh, sarcophagus is in there, right? I'm gonna have yes, there are. So, but we we'll, we gotta take care of this lancer first. Okay. Darius is gonna just fucking run, <laughs> and Emma and Poopus are going oh, yeah. to charge. Darius is probably gonna die, though. I'm gonna <laughs> guess. Oh, it looks like the lancer is just hanging out there. Didn't didn't see us, so that's good. Let's go kill it. I mean, Darius is quite far away. Oh, Poopus should should fire that incendiary gun. Yeah. At it. Okay, Poopus now has 
an incendiary launcher. Okay, right. Okay, shit is about to get real now. There he is. There he is. His data processing, moving manipulation, sight hearing, fluid reprocessing, and power generation are all in decent shape. He's 704 years old. Wow, he old. Okay, Poopus, and fire your incendiary bolt. Ooh! Wow! Poopus is really hurt. Oh no. Poopus is dead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Rimwell! Yep. <laughs> Wow, that was quick. Why is she yep. so hurt? Okay, Emma's gonna have to just charge what the happened? Lancer. So Emma is extremely dead as well. Yes. So when you said Darius is gonna die, you were actually wrong. Everyone else is gonna die. That's true, yeah. Emma is not doing well, but she's very happy because she has a joy wire. <laughs> what is she thinking right now? She's in serious pain. Her friend Poopus died. She was rebuffed by Darius romantically. Uh, but we missed that. she has a joy wire installed, very low expectations, optimism, and a somewhat impressive dining room. So, <laughs> on the balance, she's extremely happy. <laughs> oh, you killed it! Did I? Yeah, you killed the lancer. Oh my god! I killed the seven hundred year old mechanoid. All we had to do was sacrifice Poopus. Oh yeah, Darius was incapable of fighting. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm a pacifist. Which is like the least useful thing in RimWorld because everything is constantly trying to kill you. And <laughs> but I can build robots that fight for me. But you didn't build robots but I did. that fought for us. <laughs> so Poop was in charge of fighting. Poop was like by far the most qualified to fight the killer robot, but he was dead within seconds. I don't know what happened. Somehow Emma successfully killed the killer robot. And then I opened this, the terrifying sarcophagi and there were people in them. They were just like regular humans in them and then with like we, skills yeah and then we stopped the game because we were already out of time Rimworld is it's interesting you start out the game after you pick your characters you sort of choose what area you're going to crash land in on the planet and this can really affect the tenor of your game because you can pick a more friendly environment like a temperate environment with a long growing season or you could pick the arctic tundra which is a significantly different game we should do that at some point yeah i i would arctic definitely tundra. sometime when we have like 10 minutes free to to crash land in the arctic tundra and immediately die yeah that sounds like a fun way to yeah. spend 10 minutes <laughs> hey better arctic tundra than been living in the heat of the equator right i agree yeah i agree so yeah, so often what I do when I play RimWorld is like I crash land somewhere with like decent weather and then uh, immediately dig into the side of a mountain and then immediately build air conditioning. Yeah, like before any other technology. Before, that's before any other technology, it's like, okay, we're going to build an air conditioner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't build air conditioning until really late on, but we did put a fire in a very small room and then made someone sleep in it for like a year. And <laughs> and every now and then I would just get Darius to like check the temperature of the room and read it out to me. And now I'm obsessed with room temperature in RimWorld. It was up to like 45 Celsius or something. Right, which is in Fahrenheit. It's like 120 or something. Oh, it's really, really hot. <laughs> But they still they still sleep in there. I mean, better than being outside where the animals can eat you. I mean, the animals are mostly benign. Yeah, they mostly attack each other. That's the thing, though. though except for when they go mad oh. and then start to attack humans. 
I uh, wish we had a recording of the the time with the mad boomalope that we had in one of our games. A boomalope went mad, and when an animal goes mad, it will attack anyone that it sees. And it also follows them into buildings. Which, did you know that would happen? No. I sort of assumed that if the character went into a building, she would be safe. And you took her into, like, the storage area. The door slid open, and she went right on in. And then the boomalope opened the doors and went in after her. (laughs) (laughs) And then it attacked her, and she was, like, severely injured and couldn't walk. And then, like, also, I think passed out in shock. Well, I think, well, wasn't it that she... She she couldn't walk and don't they right. don't they sleep or something to recover? Yeah, so she fell. So she so couldn't she, walk. She yeah, fell asleep. She fell asleep, and then we were so lucky. The boomalope also decided it was time to sleep, <laughs> and she was just like sleeping in this tiny enclosed space with this like insane boomalope that wanted her to die immediately. But and then, then she but- recovered, got up, walked out of the storage space, and she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a closet with your murderer, and you both decide it's time for bed. <laughs> it's so good. I was so convinced that that was going to be how that game ended. And yeah, it, and then it didn't. It was, no, uh, it's there's it always fun things that can. There's sometimes things go horribly wrong, and sometimes they go horribly right. Indeed. <laughs> that was definitely a case of it going horribly right. I wish we had a recording of that. It was so so good. It was good. It's um, my favorite RimWorld moment. It's one of these games that has those emergent qualities to it where there's a whole bunch of tiny moving parts and then they sort of combine to create scenarios that you could not have predicted. Sylvester, the developer, actually refers to RimWorld as a story generator. Oh, interesting. There's like technically a few different end games to RimWorld. I mean, the the ultimate end game is to build a spaceship and get off the planet you crashed on. And I've done that before. But essentially, I don't, that's like the least interesting part mm-hmm. to me because it's like, okay, so then I just fly off and that's that. There are other end games too, like there are quests and things where you have to go to like the North Pole and there's a, you know, a, an alien ship hi- oh. hidden in there somewhere. Didn't and we send a character on one of those because we wanted to get rid of him? <laughs> uh, no, no, this was just like, oh, there are some bandits guarding, you know, a cache of, of weapons we had this one person who joined us and we decided we did not like their skill set at all. And the thing with RimWorld is food is so scarce generally that if someone's not useful to you, it's like not great to have them around. Uh, and so normally you can create a caravan and send, you know, four or five well-armed people out into the wilderness to go do a mission or something. Instead, we sent this guy naked and unarmed with no food by himself into the wilderness wilderness to go fight a bunch of bandits he lasted a remarkably long time though didn't he make it to the destination which i was not expecting him to do yeah and then he promptly died the thing that the game does to discourage this behavior uh this horrible behavior that we found (laughs) hilarious uh, Um. (laughs) is is your all of your little people in the games they're referred to as pawns like in a sort of technical oh, way. Like, like if you if you read the manual, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, your pawn does this or your pawn does that. That's it's like, another it's word like saying, that's better in your accent than it is in mine. Oh yeah, pawn. Yeah. Pawn. Right, it sounds like porn. Yeah. They could have called yeah. they could have called Rimworld Pornhub. <laughs> 
Pornhub. That would have been incredible. That's what it's called now. Anyway, all of the little characters have moods. They do. They have very like specific needs and you can check in on their moods and what's making them happy and what's making them sad. And so like if you send someone off to die, everyone gets a negative mood, you know. Because they know that you did a bad thing. Right. They have morals. Uh, People will also, generally speaking, not enjoy cannibalism. They will not enjoy wearing clothing made out of human leather, which you can make and you can't, like you can be full on cannibal. You can like attack people who enter your village and kill them and butcher them and eat them and make clothing out of them. But generally speaking, Kill is unless, such, a, such an ugly word. Maybe harvest. That's true. Harvest, yeah. <laughs> Emma, Emma was very excited about going full cannibal. The I want to do we... a full cannibal run. Yeah, well, of... there is a there is a scenario. I think it's made by players where you basically run like a cannibal cult, and every <laughs> single person has the cannibal trait, so that they uh... don't get negative mood from eating uh... people. Yeah, so you know, uh, this is and this is what I mean by it being a story generator. Mm-hmm. You know, you can like you can make these really interesting scenarios. There's actually uh, the game comes with. Uh, a, a few basic scenarios that you can start with. I already described the main one, which is like three crash landed colonists, but there's also one called like naked brutality where you just like, that was the first one we did. Cause I, insisted. yeah, where, where you, <laughs> yeah, where you like crash land with no supplies or anything and you just have to, just, and it's one and, like, person. Isn't it? It's just one person. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, but that's, there's also so that one, scenario. We've still, we've managed to like yeah. start building. A yeah, we did, yeah, we did. We did pretty well. There's also a scenario that I've never played, which I think could be really interesting, which is one that's almost like you basically play like a low technology sort of semi-indigenous tribe in the place. And so you start out with a completely different set of tech. So like Mm -hmm. as a crash landed person from like galactic civilization, you can like immediately build wind, uh, like wind turbines and stuff. But as a low-tech civilization, you have all these kind of like uh, alternative technologies that you start with and you're good at making like bows and arrows and things rather than guns and that sort of stuff. Uh, and so that's pretty interesting. And you have to take, if you're in a hot environment, you, have, you can't just build an air conditioner. You have to take advantage of like passive heating and cooling mm-hmm. technologies and that sort of thing. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, pretty interesting. I think the thing that's interesting about it is it's like it's, it's incredibly like hyper detailed in some areas like the personality traits and then in other areas it's just like a completely blank slate and you can just project whatever onto it well something i did want to point out when i was talking about the cannibal thing is that this is a very cartoony game Mm. um it is much more the sims or minecraft in sort of its cartooniness than it is like a like a high fidelity much less detailed even than the sims or minecraft i would say yeah i would i would say so certainly graphically so basically the when you know when it's like oh you're killing and butchering (laughs) like a person or even just an animal there's blood that goes places but it's like there's cartoon blood and it's like these little tiny 2d almost like bitmoji Mm. style drawings and uh, and so it's really like there's sort of like a cartoon cloud that happens and you hear a squish, squish, squish. And then suddenly the, the boomalope has become steak. You know? <laughs> so. Boomalope leather. 
Yeah, boomalope leather and steak, exactly. So while there are incredibly dark, dark things that you can do and that can happen in this game, it's dark in concept, but it's not mm. like grisly and gruesome. I find it like I one of the reasons that I don't play that many video games is because I tend to I get upset on behalf of of people in video games. Yeah, yeah. But I have basically zero empathy for anyone in RimWorld, which is kind of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make it very easy to do interesting things with them. Yeah, to see yeah, what it happens. is. Right. Right. I, I'm I'm actually the same way too. RimWorld is one of the few games where I will experiment and try doing horrible things to my characters. I think you're far too cautious in RimWorld. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> you play I, really I'm definitely sensibly. more cautious than you. I'm like, I want to see what happens if we do the worst possible thing for any given moment in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, RimWorld has some roguelike elements. Uh, there's permadeath, essentially. So it mean, that means that, like, there's two ways to play. There's two modes that you can play the game in. One is um, sort of traditional where you just can save and reload at any time, like in The Sims or whatever. But we never play that way. Um, I prefer to play with the committed mode where it saves automatically for you whenever you do anything. And so you can't just like go back and like undo your previous actions. It's like, well, if we're going to open the evil, we're the ancient open evil, the cold one. if we're going to crack open this cold one, <laughs> we are going to have to commit to it and yeah. deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. So, And that's the most fun way to play the game, I think. But... It's also why I'm more I'm more cautious. If we were playing the version where we could save and reload, I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's try whatever. I think that that's partly why I I want to do things like crack open the cold sarcophagus as soon as you crash land on the planet, because then it's like you haven't really lost anything. It's like you might as well start oh, doing true. ridiculous things as soon as you land. That's actually a really good strategy to just take extremely huge well, risks. That, that's that, actually a that very... was why I I reacted the way I did okay. when we played the very first game, and I was okay, just like, yeah. eat the dog, open the cave, like do all the ridiculous things because if you get really far in and then you make an impulsive decision, it's really annoying. But if you do right. it at the start, right. then you get to find out what happens, and if right. it goes well, you can carry on, and if it doesn't, that's true. Then... That's true. No, that's actually a, a, a standard strategy in roguelike type games. With, games with a lot of randomization is to take mm -hmm. extreme risks at the very beginning, and they probably won't pay off. But if they do, it's like easy sailing for the rest mm -hmm. of the game because you suddenly have this like you lucked your way into this yeah. very. It's like, oh, the aliens accidentally killed themselves, so we get to harvest their <laughs> organs and, and take their ray guns. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah, if we had killed that killer robot and opened the sarcophagi full of people at the start, at the beginning, it would have been yeah. so easy. <laughs> That's true, it would have. Yeah, we would have immediately had like a doctor yep. and, uh, and a game designer. Oh, yeah, they were all really highly skilled, weren't they? <laughs> oh, I, I love the, um, the bios. For different characters oh, when yeah. you create your characters you pick both a childhood backstory and an adulthood backstory unless the character is a child in which case they only get a childhood backstory and uh, and there's so many to choose from uh childhood backstory uh artistic weirdo um often acted strangely and thus had few friends um let's see uh blessed child class clown 
always offered ways to play the class clown to diffuse tension. That actually works pretty well. Uh, he he developed a sense of social desperation from this, as well as an appreciation for the artistic side of comedy. I think, I think, yeah, that's me. That's all right. We got it. Uh, adulthood. Let's see what the various intellectual ones are. Um, the AI programmer is someone who never speaks with another person and spends all his time conversing with the AI he develops. <laughs> That's less you. That's less me. So maybe researcher. That's Let's see what else you. we got. I like Artificer Rampant, though. Fueled by the thrill of discovery in his own megalomania, Darius set out to invent new devices and improve existing ones, breaking laws and customs as necessary. <laughs> crime Lord. <laughs> no. No, I'm not a crime lord. Uh, just regular old... Whatever the opposite of a crime lord. Yeah, whatever. I'm the opposite of a crime lord. All right. We're going to go with Master Chef. Does that say prostitute idol? Yes. What does that mean? Um, it means you're a porn star. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about nature's porn hub. This has been Too Much Not Enough. I'm Emma Winston. You can find me on Mastodon at friend.camp forward slash at dearful, that's deer like the animal, F-U-L, or at deer underscore full on Twitter, or at emmawinston.me. And I'm Darius Kazemi, a.k.a. friend.camp slash at Darius, or you can find me on tinysubversions.com. 